In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning, everybody. We continue our series this morning on spiritual transformation. And just for a quick review, we said that spiritual transformation, which is growing in holiness, is the great business of our current salvation. When we are born again, God declares us righteous, but then we spend the rest of our salvation experience here in this world in the practice of becoming what God has declared us to be. Now, we also said that spiritual transformation is the work of the Holy Spirit. Yet, we still have a significant part to play. Our part is to use or to order our lives in such a way that we receive the means of grace through which the Holy Spirit is able to work His transforming power in us. And then the last time that we talked on the subject, we talked about that great means of grace, which is the Word of God, which contributes to the renewing of our minds. Well, this morning, we are going to focus on the transformation of the character, the transformation of the character. So I invite you to take out this handout. There's a, a lot of extra verses in there that we will not cover for time's sake. So if um, you can receive more than I can speak, you can read those verses as we go along. All right, now that you have that handout, let me start with a simple test. Are you ready for this? It's an easy one. How many here this morning have ever had someone report to them in anger, can you believe it? They did that, and they call themselves a Christian. Heard those words before? Well, let's face it. There is just a universal expectation that one who claims to be a follower of Jesus Christ just ought to be different. They ought to act and they ought to respond differently than the rest of the world. But are they? What is the reality, and what's just the marketing hype? Well, let's take a couple of minutes here to make sure that we're talking about the same thing. What is a Christ-like character? Well, first of all, Christ-like character is not, I say again, it's not the same thing as our belief systems. Now, the right kind of belief is a precursor to obtaining a Christ-like character, but it is not the same thing. We lead through life with our rational mind, but believing things is merely an essential first step. The book of James reminds us that even demons believe rightly, and they are pure evil. Merely believing right things is not Christian character. Secondly, a tested character is not the same thing as our aspirations. We all know what we would like to be. We sometimes even understand what we imagine ourselves to be. But it is only in the circumstances of life that we learn what we really are. Now, I'd like to come back to that in a couple of minutes. 
Let me offer this definition for your thinking. How do we define a person's character, the real thing? Character is the moral virtue of the individual as revealed in the course of life and through the events of life. If you will, none of us really knows our own character looking in the forward direction. It is only after the test that we're able to say, wow, I didn't realize I was really like that. Now let's take a moment to look at what James says about character. James chapter 1, verse 2. I've given it to you there in your handout. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Let's take a couple of moments to linger over three of the four words that I've underlined for you there. Now, in the original language, the word for count it is defined like this to engage in an intellectual process of considering or regarding a matter. Now, how do I regard the trials of life? I'll tell you what I do. I shout, Lord, this isn't what I want. And he whispers back, yes, Henry, but it's what I want. But Lord, I'm a priest! And he whispers back, Priest indeed, you fallen creature. Now, why should anybody count such trials all joy? Because of what's actually going on in the events and difficulties of life. Look at that next word that's underlined, trials, trials. The word in the original means an attempt to learn the nature or character of something. An attempt to learn the nature or character of something. Now, it doesn't have to be great difficulties or horrible events in our life, although those surely are included in this definition. But in the everyday events of life, they can be the means by which we learn our true character. And of course, they reveal it to the people around us, don't they? But why joy? Because of the third word that James uses here. Not only do the events of life prove or expose our character, interestingly enough, they also impact it. Should we wish it to be so, the testing of our character can actually impact our character for the better. These attempts to learn the nature of our character actually can change it, and they produce in us steadfastness, which is the capacity to hold up or to bear up in times of difficulty. What then is character? Character is the moral virtue of the individual 
as revealed in the course of life through the events of life. And it is demonstrated by what we actually do, independent of all our self-promotion. Now, God is seeking character transformation above all other things. God is seeking character transformation above all other things. And if you're like me, you're thinking, really? Surely it can't be all that important. Let's consider Romans 8, 28 through 29. Now, this is a verse that everybody knows, right? And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also be he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he, that is Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brothers. Now everything that God does, he does so that we might be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Now, you and I know how many folks want to read this passage, right? They want to read this to say, no matter how bad the events of life, dear friend, they're all going to work out okay, just the way you want it. <laughs> but in light of James chapter 1, you see, we understand what Paul is trying to say here. What Paul is saying, that no matter how calamitous the events of life, things are going to work out perfectly for God's purposes. And what are those purposes? For you and me to be transformed into Christ-like character. Now, the events themselves, they may not change. You may be called upon to live out your difficulties for the rest of your life. I was just talking to a lovely lady this morning and said, I have to live with this. You may even experience yourself like a sheep for the slaughter. That's in the same passage too. But when you understand how glorious is the end toward which God is directing you, then you will realize the good thing here is I am becoming like Jesus. Now here's the second reason why being transformed is so important. Without entering into the transformation process, God is actually limited in how much he can bless me. Now look at Isaiah chapter 30. I've given you the scripture there. It says, Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you. Therefore he exalts to show you mercy. For the Lord is a God of justice, and blessed are all who wait for him. Can you imagine? God is just waiting to be gracious to you. He wants to bless your socks off. But God must limit himself because we are not in the right place to receive all that he wants to give us. God is like a grandparent at Christmas. He's just waiting to give his grandkids good things. But God must refrain often 
Because if he blesses us too much, it's going to be to our own destruction. He recognizes, Henry, he's just too corrupt. He knows that my own nature is such that the easier my life, the richer my blessings, the more my heart is going to turn away from God. Now thirdly, here's a reason why Christ-like character is so important. Because Christ-like character is our end state. It's the goal of our journey in life. A Christ-like character today is preparing us for what we shall be in eternity. God loves his son so much that he wants us to be Jesus' baby brothers and baby sisters. God's plan for us is to be conformed to Jesus' image. We shall be conformed to his glorious, incorruptible body. We shall be raised immortal like he is. And in our inner person, we shall acquire all his marvelous perfections of character. Fourthly, Christ-like character is important. Why? Because it's truth-telling about God. Now hang on here. This is something you're not going to hear from evangelicals very often. Do you know that God loves religion? You know that God loves religion? The Holy Spirit has given us no less than 215. Actually, there's more. I stopped counting. He's given us no less than 215 chapters in the Scripture that deal absolutely directly with how to create, order, direct, and conduct our lives religiously. You see, God loves religion. But God hates he loathes false religion. And there's two ways a religion can be false. One is that its content can be a lie. Now, there's a whole bunch of Christians who are really concerned about doctrinal purity. Well, that's a good thing. But sometimes they forget that there's a second way that religion can be a lie. Religion can be a lie because the lives of its practitioners are false. Again, James writes this. He says, If someone thinks he is religious, yet does not bridle his tongue, and so deceives his heart, his religion is futile. Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their misfortune, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Christ-like character is truth-telling because such character gives witness to who Jesus really is. Do you remember what the earliest description of Christianity was? you recall what it was, Book of Acts? It was called the way, wasn't it? Who were Christians? They were people who lived according to the way. They were at least as equally known for their lives as they were for whatever they preached. 
You see, Christ-like character is a picture that even the most theologically challenged of us can look at and go, oh, I see. That's what Jesus looks like. Well, let's be practical. How shall we measure Christ-like character in ourselves or in others? Here's my first practical suggestion. Someone once said that our reactions or our emotions are a window into our own soul. Now, the next time you have one of those encounters, and you know what I mean, one of those encounters where you find yourself angry or expressing bitterness or maybe even loud jubilation, now, after the emotions have cooled off a little, then, then, take a few minutes to assess your state. How or how not were the fruits of the Spirit manifested in these last few moments? Now, I'll tell you, this very thing happened to me this week. Someone said something to me, and my response to them caught me and them quite off by surprise. And you know what the answer is? I didn't look a thing like Jesus. But those are the moments that call us for an honest look inside. Now the fruits of the Spirit are of two different kinds. There are those that describe our actions and those that describe our emotions. I've given them to you there in your handout. And I recommend that to you as a very practical guide. These may help serve as tools for assessing the question, Holy Spirit, how far have I come? Oh, Holy Spirit, how far have I to go? Now, in the aftermath of one of these events, I would encourage you, instead of blaming and seething and shouting, Oh God, did you see what that person did? May I offer this as a much more fruitful assessment? <coughs> Lord, I know what they did, but why am I so angry about it? Why is it so hard for me to forgive? Why is my own sense of self-importance so great that I think that I ought to be treated differently or with more respect or more kindness or whatever? It is after the fact, often, if we have the courage to face it, that our own report card and be pretty revealing in this matter of becoming like Jesus Christ. Here's your second practical application. Now, if that report card only gives us a B minus instead of the A plus that we're hoping for, what are we going to do about it? Well, as we close, I can only very briefly talk about this subject, about how Christ-like character is formed in us. And you know what? That's probably okay, because of all the ways that character is formed in us, 
talk is probably the least important. You see, God is eagerly concerned to form the image of his son in us. But what is our part of the process? Well, first of all, we need to see the goal of Christ-like character as something that is a desirable thing. We need to see it as being, at least in some small measure, as desirable as God sees it to be. Or you could put the question to yourself this way. Do you love Jesus enough that you want to be like him? Secondly, we need to be committed to being seriously honest with ourselves. So here's the question. Do you have the courage that humility requires? Now, for most of my life, I've hung around with macho young military guys. And we're all always just too ready to proclaim our own bravery. I ain't afraid of nothing. But the truth is, little more in life is more frightening than facing the man in the mirror and calling him out for what he really is. That takes more courage than facing a machine gun. Thirdly, may I suggest that we pay attention when our conscience speaks to us. And then, take the action that the Holy Spirit is talking to you about. So here's the question. Are you willing to do the hard work required to be a Jesus kind of person? Finally, may I suggest we need to be in it for the long haul. Now, here is the one compensation for being old and gray and full of aches and pains. Though the body may decay, oh, though the body does decay across the years, it is possible that the treasure of Christ's likeness can grow and become stronger and stronger day by day. Now, there are no shortcuts. There are no quick fixes. And even those beautiful mountaintop experiences that we have are only part of the process, a lifelong process. But as he who called you is holy, you yourselves be holy in all your conduct. For he has said, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Amen. Oh,